Leadership isn't for the faint of heart. It's dirty, dangerous, difficult, and disruptive. It will test everything about who you are. Unfortunately, as a leader, you're out front, which means you usually only get about 43 feet of good road built for those following behind you while you're running the race yourself. Welcome to the 43 Feet Podcast, where each week you'll hear from some of the greatest leaders we can find both in F3 and beyond. If you're going to lead, you'll need to be ready for the difficult challenges, for what lies ahead in the unknown, for what's lurking in the next 43 feet. Uh, welcome back to the 43 Feet Podcast. Uh, I am joined today by several high-impact men, as always, uh, my friend, my semi-producer and semi-co-host, uh, <laughs> Ralph out of St. Louis, uh, Matt Crossman here, uh, is here with us so and uh, grateful to have him. Uh, and he'll, he'll obviously be piping in. Hopefully he has some good stories. He always has good stories to tell. Um, yeah, but also we have a couple other high impact men with us today. Uh, we've got, uh, Jordan Carpenter, whose F3 name is Gus out of Memphis, uh, and James Connolly, whose F3 name is Beauty, out of the Cape Fear region, which is uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, if you're not familiar. The site of the future 10-year anniversary celebration that we will all enjoy uh, when that time comes. So, uh, gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Glad so, to be here, Noah. Glad to be here, <laughs> Thanks for having us. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, so Beauty, uh, Ed, for those who don't know, uh, has a couple of things that he does for work. Um, he runs a moving company um, and he also runs a surf camp. Uh, so he teaches surfing lessons and uh, which is an interesting uh, and I would say of all the people in all of F3, I'm going to guess a small handful. I'm not going to say the only one because I don't know everybody. But I'm going to guess it's probably pretty close to the only guy who does that. Because uh, if, unless I'm mistaken, uh, Ralph, Gus, nothing happening in uh, in middle America in terms of surfing. Fair? Yeah, we got to Mississippi, but you don't want to surf in it. <laughs> Runs right by my house. I ain't surfing on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Uh, and so uh, kind of a cool job there. Gus is uh, an attorney uh, with a flooring company. So all of the, I mean, just in the, the in, inordinate amount of uh, flooring issues that come up in the world, Gus handles them all. Lot of like that. Litigation. <laughs> What's that? I said there's a lot of carpet litigation. It's, it's true. Carpet litigation. He's a carpet lawyer. He can't help himself. Uh, and so uh, welcome to both of you guys. And we'll get a little bit into, uh, you know, our families and things like that probably uh, as we go. But today I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we have the first F, obviously, which is the magnet, the, the workout, the reason that all of us kind of showed up in the first place uh, to be out there and amongst uh, the, the outside and amongst the packs and all that kind of stuff. And then as we got a little more fit, obviously, we met some guys uh, and got friended. But ultimately, it always leads to that third F, uh, the faith. And as we all know, uh, not telling anything you don't know, I hope if you're in F3 packs, uh, if this is news to you, uh, this, uh, I hate that this is news to you. Uh, but the uh, for those who, are, who may be listening who aren't of uh, the F3 Nation packs, when we say faith, we just mean something bigger than yourself. Uh, uh, really it's a, a, a full admission that there are things out there that are beyond your control and that you must submit yourself to and not in a chaos way, but in a something designed this something is bigger than me. And I submit myself to kind of that greater good, if you will. So it's the thing that makes you understand that you are not the king of the world. So that's kind of what we mean when we say faith and the way that it sort of comes out in, in F3 is we find ourselves with guys that we like, and then we start looking at, you know, how do we get out in our community? How do we make good things happen? How do we, if you're using Q source parlance, uh, how do we leave right? You know, that's a big third F question. You know, how, how am I going to leave this world once I leave it? And, uh, and so I wanted to talk to these, these guys a little bit about kind of what third F means for them. And that can be everything from their faith to, you know, where they find themselves trying to make impact in the community and, and some of those kinds of things. So I thought we'd just sort of start off with uh, uh, a little little quick discussion because Beauty, I know you've got a couple of things and, and I know I mentioned the tenure a second ago, uh, but you've got a couple of things that, that you do 
uh, in general. Heck, I mean, I think in some ways your your surf camp almost serves <laughs> as a, a little bit of a third half <laughs> in, in some ways, right? Um, but uh, in particular, I mentioned tenure, and, and part of that tenure celebration is the the. Um, and I know I'm throwing you too far off your game by asking you to talk a little bit about that. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, you have a couple other things uh, to go along with that right now. So it's not just that you have this passion for the cause or even the organization, um, but there's there's more to it than even that. So let's start there and just kind of open the conversation that way. That's a great way to open the conversation, Dilla. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm a good conversation yeah. opener. <laughs> you, you are a stud when it comes to that and many other things. As far as the uh. goes, uh, to answer your question earlier, for me, uh, my my king is Jesus. Uh, and I believe that he came to the world because God loves us. And he wanted to see the captives set free because we were uh, enslaved to sin. And so his heart is truly that we would have a life lived abundantly. And uh, that rolls right into the end at Ruck. And what we're doing as our way to give back and really live third, practice our third F for the 10 year anniversary. And the end at Ruck is a way for us to shine a light on modern day slavery because whether we know it or not, there are 27 million people, at least some estimates are 40 million people in modern day slavery. And that includes sex trafficking. That includes forced child labor. That includes simple things like fishing in the coal mines, bricklayers. There are tons of different industries where there's forced labor or slavery. And so a way for us to shine a light on this and raise some funds to combat it and essentially say that we are for freedom, we are, in, we are forcing generations to come be freed to lead is through the end at Ruck. The end at Ruck is 26.2 miles long. It's going to be in the middle of the night. We're starting later on Saturday, and we're going to finish on Sunday morning. We're going through the night to represent the heavy burdens that people in modern-day slavery carry in darkness. And then we're ending shortly after sunrise to shine a light on the injustice. And so we're getting freaking hyped. It's about eight months away. And in light of it being eight months away, we've got pandemic stuff going on. We have issues with family. It is a tough season for, for guys specifically, I think, but anyone because it's winter, it's cold, it's dark, it's gloomy. And so depression is an all-time high. And so as part of the End at Ruck, uh, we're creating an End at Ruck challenge. And this is what I want to communicate here. The End at Ruck challenge Go on. is a way for us to sharpen one another and get out in the gloom together, or at least get outside and get after that first F while practicing second F and third F to do something outside of ourselves. So we are doing a ruck run walk, bike, swim, anything else per mile challenge, we are encouraging everyone to donate at least $1. And so this month, I've never done this before in my life. I am, I am planning, I have every intention of running 300 miles in the month of February. I've been doing 11 miles a day. The most I've ever done is like around 125 probably. And so I'm doing that because I want to draw awareness. I want to shine a light on what we're doing for End at Ruck. And if you want to see what we're doing, visit enditruck.com. There's going to be a place to plug in your miles that you do in between now and the 10-year anniversary. We have a pretty audacious goal as far as the funds we want to raise. $6,500 is the amount it takes to rescue one person out of the sex slavery trade and then rehabilitate them. So housing, counseling, job training, and get them back into life so that they can be free to lead, right? And so I want to see how many people we can set free and get back into the community so that their family for generations to come can benefit from something that we've done by living third. Wow. That's a lot of stuff to unpack there. Let me, let me, let me, so, let me jump in. Hold on a second. Yeah, jump in. Uh, I want to connect you with a couple of guys in St. Louis. We had a thing last year uh, on sex slavery. We called it the 10,000 mile challenge. I talked to him already. I love it. 
Good. Good. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, so essentially what you're asking me to do, I'm, I'm Joe Pax, right? And, uh, you're asking me to say, okay, uh, helmet, here's what I need to do. Go out and find someone who is willing or people who are willing or whatever it is to give, or I'm giving it myself, whatever it might be. Right. Every mile that I move, essentially, is this outside of boot camps in F3? So you can count those boot camps. camps. A lot of us have Strava. And so really a goal would be if you can do 100 miles a month, it's a, it's a lofty but still attainable goal for a lot of guys in F3, then see if you can donate $100. Oh, yeah. And if that's too much for you, that's completely understandable. See if someone can sponsor those miles or come alongside you and do it. Well, that's, and that's what I was kind of wondering is I could, you know, so I could say, okay, look, I'm going to do this and let's say I can only get 50 bucks and that's fine. That's, you know, that's all I can get. But what if I, if I like my kid, you know, uh, every year does the, whatever it is, booster thon or whatever that, that deal is right at the elementary school. And they say, okay, you know, donate X number of dollars a mile now, you know, with the kids, obviously, or no, it's a per lap. It's per lap for them. Uh, you know, and so they cap it, right. Cause these kids are, you know, who knows over run 3000 laps or something. It's crazy, but, um, but, uh, so they cap it, but, but essentially, you know, go to family and friends and say, hey, look, I am committing to go a hundred miles this month. And would you be willing to donate, you know, whatever it is, 10 cents a mile or a quarter a mile to the cause? or a dollar a mile, whatever you feel led to do. And then you kind of collect that and then send it over to, uh, to end it rock. Is that kind of the model you think, or. Yes. End You can visit end There'll be a link on there to donate. And what I would suggest is at the end of every month, you just plug in the amount that you have run, rucked, walk, ran or swam. And then click donate and then set it for the next month and just keep doing that over the next eight months. Okay. Oh, that was my other question. So this isn't just like, Hey, it's a challenge for February or for March or whatever, like from now until the time of the end at rock, log those miles, get someone to pay, be willing to do it or whatever it is, or do it yourself and, and dive in there and make it happen. That's kind of the, yes. Send it. Why not send it? Why, why would we not in 2021? So in Cape Fear, our vision for this year is to engage and accelerate, right? And so if we're going to engage and accelerate, especially after a difficult 2020, what better way to do it with our fitness by going farther than we've ever gone before, with our fellowship by choosing to take others along with you, and by our faith, by being generous. What if our generosity could truly shape generations to come? That's the goal here. That's the vision. I mean, that's pretty awesome. So uh, something that you, the PACs need to know, I think, uh, or listeners need to know, is that uh, Beauty also right now is serving as the Nantan in uh, Cape Fear in, um, in, in there in Wilmington. And so he, he obviously uh, has some vision and has articulated said vision uh, and now is inviting us and will exhort us through obstacles to, uh, to uh, cause I'm persuaded. Uh, I'm already persuaded, but he's, you know, to, to, to participate. So to tell me this and, and not to spend too much time, uh, you know, I don't want it to be the entirely the beauty show. Right. But there's something about um, let's, let's go general and, and, and I want to hear from everybody. Right. But let's go general. The, there's something about that third F that, that willingness to give some sort of sacrifice or do something that for that other person, is that, is that something that's always been a part of you or how, how have you accelerated that? Or how has F3 kind of helped you accelerate that, I guess. And, and is it something you discovered along the way or, or, or that kind of thing? Beauty, like, I guess the real question to you, beauty is why end it rock? And where did that come from? Like what, what happened there? Great question. So it really goes back to 16 years old. My life was changed by Christ. And then from there, everything else has been in some way, shape or form with tons of failure uh, shaped by him. And so um, Chinese downhill, some of you may know him or not. He asked me, he's like, why are we, so why are you so passionate about this? What, what's the real vision here? And um, I just said, man, I think it's God's heart and therefore God's heart shapes our heart. And a guy named A.W. Tozer said, the most important thing about you is what comes into your mind when you, when you think about God. And so when I think about God, I see him as a, 
as the one that sets the captives free. And we have a, a, an opportunity to participate in that in a very real and tangible way here and now in 2021. Very interesting. Um, Goss, when, when you think of third F and, and I know you, you mentioned uh, before we kind of got started here today, some, some things that you're doing where you kind of give back to the community volunteer stuff uh, and, and things that you're doing. I guess, first of all, t- tell me a little bit about what it is you're involved with. Uh, and then we'll dive a little deeper maybe on like, why are these causes so important? And I, I want to really get to some of the heart of, cause I think guys are you're trying to figure this out, right? Is where do I spend my time? How do I find what is, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing out there in the community. So I, I kind of want to drive us that direction. So Gus, tell us what, tell us about what you do. Yeah, I'm involved in um, a couple different things in the community and uh, some of them take a little more of my time and effort and some of them are um, really more just being intentional. Like and, grow ruck. Yeah. And, and responding to uh, offers uh, that other people uh, bring forward. But uh, a guy named four eyes here in Memphis, Seth Harkins, he is, um, involved with a community development group and um in a in a neighborhood that um used to be doing pretty well and and has had hit some hard times uh here lately and so he he brings up a lot of stuff that we can do uh to help there locally we raised some money to convert an old abandoned building to a community center that we've done there um he uh helped focus our effort and attention and money toward um some blighted homes that aren't necessarily in bad neighborhoods, but um, because of age or disability or, or maybe some, um, some other emotional problems or something uh, where uh, the collection of stuff became a real big problem. And, and the city gave an ultimatum to these property owners that they had to fix it or they were going to get evicted and, and condemned. And so anyway, helping these people deal with problems that are a little bit bigger than what they can handle um, where F3 guys can bring in, uh, some muscle, some intentionality, and uh, some coordination. Um, super, super rewarding on the back end for us. And I think what's interesting to me is uh, I grew up in a family where my parents emphasized uh, service, but I didn't necessarily know why. A lot of the times, as I was, you know, before I was mature, you know, I thought this is, you know, what is this to build my college resume or something? But um, as I've found out, um, you know, it's really where the, the true impact is made, uh, giving to people who, uh, may not be able to give you anything in return, but also, um, helping those people understand that they're valuable people, um, that they're loved by, uh, by me, they're loved by God, they're, they're seen by me and seen by God and, and allowing them to, to be part of that community that I feel so secure in is, man, just super rewarding. Um, I'm involved with a group called Arise to Read here. It was actually started here in Memphis. I think their, uh, I think their ambition reaches beyond this city, but um, here in Memphis, we mentor second graders to help them read. Uh, the folks that started that group have definitely seen that if you, if you can't read on grade level by the uh, third or fourth grade, that the outcomes start uh, diverging for those people. If, if you can read, usually a pretty good life. If you can't read, uh, maybe not so great. And so um, that's been really rewarding. As I reflect on what I do there, it's obviously, it's sometimes pretty difficult. Um, in fact, it's usually unpleasant, especially if I'm dealing with maybe a kid who's a little unruly, a house that smells terrible, uh, you know, having to drive across the city to get someplace that um, uh, I don't normally traffic. But on the back end, I'm never disappointed that I did it. I'm never, I never regret the fact that I made the commitment and followed through. And I'm usually uh, pumped up to go do something again. And so um, what I think is just like, just like first F uh, the other day I was traveling through Nashville and um, I got there pretty late at night, stayed in a hotel, set that alarm for four fifty. It woke me up and I was like, man, I do not want to do this. And I was even putting on my shoes, like feeling kind of tired. Like I could fall asleep right here, right now again. But I went out there, ran a couple of miles with uh, some guys there and, and never regretted it. I think it takes, sometimes it takes that same kind of intention, same kind of effort um, and willingness to say, I'm going, I'm going to do this one. I've committed to it Two, It's, 
it's actually making a difference. And three, it's rewarding for me. And uh, the third F has that all those elements too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so was there, and I think you kind of alluded to it, but is this something that has, in other words, if, if we were looking at things in terms of uh, ultimate life problem, is that, is this the problem you're here to solve as children's literacy? Or is this kind of a, Hey, I know this is a good thing I can do along the way or. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think this is true of everybody involved in leadership in F3. Um, but F3 really speaks to the problem I'm here to solve. I, I get very animated about um, uh, guys who don't feel like they can make a difference, guys who feel like they're not capable of being leaders. Man, I love to see that spark in them uh, when they show up, when they feel like they're part of a group, when they're asked to lead a workout, when they're asked to lead uh, at an AO um, or to do other, some other kind of leadership position within the region. And, you know, some of these guys, they don't lead anything outside of F3. Mm. And so getting those um, relationships and those reps in on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, that just fires me up. So I, I, I hesitate to say that, you know, F3 lends itself to, to me and, and the problems that I want to solve in life, but it really does because I usually emphasize to people, for most people, this is not it, right? Like right. Um, you have problems to solve elsewhere. Maybe it's in your chosen profession. Uh, maybe it's in your family. I, I don't, I don't know your church, you know, for me, uh, I make a little bit of light of it. I'm a carpet lawyer, but honestly, um, I work with people I love. I work for a company that's great, but you know, this, uh, focus, this mission of, um, selling and installing, uh, high quality flooring in apartment complexes that just doesn't really light my fire. And, um, you know, my bosses know that they're, they're not, uh, they're not surprised by that statement. And so, um, I, I need F3. I need it as just one of the packs who shows up and works out and, and is involved, but I also need it to, um, to help me develop my own leadership skills. Cause that's where I'm, that's where I'm focused. That's where I'm, uh, I've been angling for. In fact, when I was in college, um, it's kind of interesting as I reflect back, I got out of the army, went back to college at the university of Alabama. There was a, a group, uh, called the student, uh, campus veterans association. And, um, you know, they met, they drank a few beers, they had a few meetings and they were kind of a loose association. And uh-huh. I VFW light. Yeah. 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 So I hooked up with my buddy, Will, I actually met him at one of the meetings. I said, Hey man, what is up with this? Like we gotta, we gotta really set a purpose for this. And so he ran as president, I ran as vice president and we, and we had this platform of the three S's, which line up really interestingly with F3, but uh, we did, we played intramural sports. Uh, so sports, social and service. Right. And th- that was our platform, the three S's and it worked great. I mean, it, it gave us a focus, um, it wasn't men only, but it, it uh, you know, the military tends to cater uh, to that group. And so um, we basically were doing F3 with the veteran student veteran population at the university. And one of the most fulfilling times in my life, those two years that we uh, did that together. And so to have F3 that has kind of the same structure there, the same emphasis, um, man, it's just it, it came along at a time in my life where I definitely had to have it, but I don't know that I have um, reduced my need for it in the time since. Interesting. So it's so literacy for kids is is uh, a thing that we do along the way, and and but really, you're, what I think I hear you saying is that uh, the bigger picture for you would be hey, let me bring some guys along, see if they like this, see if this is a thing for them, because your job is to unlock dudes Correct. and get them yeah, missional and, and focused. So with that in mind, uh, and as always, Ralph, never hesitate as though you would uh, to jump in and ask stuff you have uh, of these jokers as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, unless you got something, I'm gonna, I was going to turn back to beauty for a second and say um outside of the ruck are what what else are i mean are there other ways that you've become involved with uh with that cause with the 
And before I even answer that question, let me guess, I'm so encouraged by that, man. And specifically the, the thought recently in dark helmet has heard me say this, but I had a, a conversation with flight nurse and Sir Mix a lot about a month ago, and they were talking about uh, the first man. And there's a study done that it was an observation where someone uh, went out, and this is going to sound stupid, but they went out in the middle of a floor or an arena and they started dancing and they were just going nuts. They were like, you know, going at it. And it was just them for the longest time. And then one other person decided to join them. And after that one other person decided to join them, a flood of people came in and a movement was started. And just hearing you talk about your passion to create leaders, uh, and I believe that great leaders produce great leaders. And I hear that heart in you. And uh, the thought was when you're, when it's necessary, be the first man, go set the tone, blaze the trail. But when you're able to, uh, at all times, be the second man, because uh, the second man shows every other man that the first man is worth following. And that's how you produce great leaders. And so it sounds like you could be the first man in so many different ways, but you choose to be the second man and believe in your fellow brother. So I appreciate that, man. Thank you for doing that. That's pretty solid. Deep um, thoughts by beauty. The, <laughs> your, your question though was. Yeah. So. And it goes an international yeah. mission. Yes. So international justice mission has certainly been on my heart uh, for a while now. Uh, family has donated to international justice mission for years and years and years, potentially decades, actually. And they are the most sound organization that I know of as far as a holistic international uh, organization that goes from setting people free, literally going in and rescuing them to reforming the justice system so that the perpetrators are persecuted or prosecuted rather, and then uh, it changed the it changes the community at large, and so that's that's why I wanted to choose to do that. But um, there are certainly other things that I'm passionate about outside of um, that. But for whatever reason, that was placed on my heart around the time of the 10 year anniversary. In fact, right before there was a competition to bring it to your region and we were going to do the end at Ruck. And so we thought, well, why not include that in the 10 year anniversary? No, I, I love that. Well, let me, let me throw something at you. Yeah. I love it when people say, especially somebody who's obviously a Christian uh, and who doesn't believe in such phrases as for, for whatever reason. Uh, you don't mean for whatever reason, what is, what do you believe is, you don't believe, I know you don't, I could tell after 10 minutes of listening to you, you don't believe in coincidences. You don't believe you just happen to randomly uh, stumble upon this charity. What, what is the for whatever reason? So I uh, thanks for catching the tone and everything there. Uh, for whatever reason, God, God's sovereign. He works all things for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Right. And so whenever uh, I've heard it explained this way that, uh, we're, we're in this parade and it's going forever. And we're just in between a whole bunch of stuff and we can see what's right in front of us. And, uh, and God is literally up on top of this skyscraper and he sees the whole parade. He sees what's going on. He sees what is coming, what's going, all this stuff. And of course, this is a limited view, but he knows how to orchestrate things in such a way uh, to set them up for success. And so for whatever reason, uh, the end at Ruck is part of the 10 year anniversary. And I think it's because men have a way when they're invigorated in their leadership of setting other men free and not just other men, but other people in general. What was your, interesting. Go ahead, Ralph. Go ahead, Ralph. What, what was your, uh, oh, the phrase I almost said, what was your come to Jesus uh, reason? To, uh, <laughs> with the, with the, for that, you, literally. What, what was the, what was the moment or the inspiration or the, what, what happened uh, anecdotally that made you say, okay, we're going to do this rock because. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, a rock being, you know, carrying 
uh, this this heavy burden uh, for a long distance. I'm I'm a big fan of rucking too, and I see that there's there's obvious spiritual uh, connections there that you're carrying this burden. It's hard. It's difficult. And when you get to the end, you get to take it off. That's really not a very good Christian illustration because if it was a Christian illustration, you would have taken it off a long time ago. Uh, but carrying a burden through the night, that, that is a pretty powerful thing. Uh, how, how did that How did that all come together? A great question. <laughs> so we, we all bear burdens and... Uh, I, I know that, you know, scripturally it says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. So he literally says, give me your burdens. Okay, let me, and, let me interject something here real quick. In, in my analogy, I was assuming the backpack was this, like the, the burden of sin that you're carrying, and that's why it should be left behind. But you're right. We do carry our own burdens, other people's burdens. We carry their weight. Okay, go ahead. Right, right. So – Sometimes uh, <clears throat> Doa, you wanted to get super real, so did you, Ralph. So this is a, a great way to get real, right? Bring it, and brother. So when like my my thing, I I've dealt with sexual sin before, and um, God has graciously helped me walk through uh, freedom in that, and still continually um, just growing and, and walking. And so part of that and really walking in freedom is realizing that it's more than just you. Like you are called to do life outside of yourself and consider others more significant than yourself. And when you are living a life fully as you're called, then you're able to actually walk in freedom, which is your calling. The more we, I am like this, the more I seem to be entangled in things and in these burdens. But the more I walk in the calling that God's placed on my life, and, and I feel that way for every person that, that's walking faithfully, the more we start to see that we can be a part of helping set other people free. And in doing so, uh, we walk in our freedom too. For whatever reason. <laughs> whatever reason. Well, I was actually going to say, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's pretty powerful to have um, an all male group such as ours um, speak out and, and actually do something in the face of the injustice that we're talking about. Um, since men are the purveyors of the injustice. I mean, we, um, as the world will quickly remind us, men have wrought a lot of destruction, um, but it's because we're powerful, right? So power um, means that we can destroy or we can build up. And um, so I hope that we can show um, whether it's, you know, through something like this, the end at Ruck or, or any other time a light gets shined on F3. I hope it's because we're, we're using our power to build up. Right. And um, that's something that I think it, I mean, to be perfectly honest, people get intimidated by F3 that, oh, wait, you're an all men's group. What is that doing? And I think it's because uh, there are plenty of examples where um, all men's groups are destructive and can be really destructive. And so, um, but that same power, like I said, we have the power to build up. And so I'm, I, it's one thing that fires me up the most is when, um, a group of men come together, with a common purpose, um, a common set of uh, ethics or morals or agreed upon principles. And we say, hey, we're going to make a difference here and we're going to improve the lives of those around us. There's not much better than that. I, I, I couldn't agree more. In fact, uh, as you were talking, one of the things that has kind of set me on my trajectory of, of trying to figure out how to how to be a better leader and also to help create leaders and to, to develop leaders and, and, and actually even try and, you know, turn that into mammon and, and all that sort of stuff. Right. But the, um, the, some of the things that came to my mind as you were talking, I was like the, that idea of a conspiracy for good that <laughs> talks about all the time, you know, like, yeah, it's a conspiracy, but it's a conspiracy for good, you know, or like they're like, it's a cult. Yeah. It's a cult. 
but it's a good cult. Like, you know, like the blue oyster cult, like it's a good cult, you know, <laughs> like call it whatever you want, but, but that's what we're doing. And one of the, the triggering events, I guess, if you will, that kind of got me uh, headed in that direction uh, a couple years ago. Well, yeah, I guess it's been a couple years now, but um, it is exactly that idea. Now it was, uh, you know, the local school board and some, you know, horrible grift and, and, you know, these people who, who just, you know, corrupt and work the system and whatever for themselves. But this idea of abuse of power, this idea of someone who has power, uh, then turning around and using that to exploit, to trot on, to uh, whatever it might be, to, to get gain in some way from those who are less powerful. Um, and that probably makes me angrier than just about anything on the planet. Um, and, you know, and <laughs> beauty to get raw and real. You know, some of that comes from, you know, how you grew up or how your home life was when you were a kid or whatever it might be. And then some of that just comes from the things that you see out in the world and you just for whatever reason wink wink right is it just sits in there and festers and it sounds like i think that's what i'm hearing uh from you guys all of you guys as well is that there's these things that hit you and they fester and you just for whatever reason you just can't get rid of them and they're just always bothering you and every time you turn around you're like for crying out loud i does anyone else see this? Does anyone else see what's going on here? And you start pointing and going, uh, I can't, I can't live with this anymore. I have to do something. And that something might be now look 6,500 bucks. And some people are going to go, that saves one lousy kid, <laughs> you know, or one lousy person or like, how does that impact? You know, well, okay. And I'm not going to play the whole, like, but what if you saved, you know, mother Teresa and that's, you know, Right. But maybe, but even so, the, the point that, that we get caught up on a lot, I think, is we keep thinking, especially with 3rd F uh, and, and how we approach the community and how we try and make impact and how we try and leave a legacy, I think we get really caught up sometimes in the idea that somehow it's supposed to be some big and grand and a lot of people are supposed to rally around. And look, I... <laughs> One of the hardest lessons I learned is I'm not dread. <laughs> I know it sounds terrible, but like hanging around him and being around him. And, you know, I, I've probably gotten a little bit of uh, and he'll, he'll laugh uh, if he listens to this, but you know, it, I, I think I gotten a little bit of that kind of hero worship sort of thing. And I was like, man, it's like the best leader I've ever seen in my life. I want to be like that guy. And he told me, um, and I don't even remember when it was now, but, and, and this is how I'm kind of considering ending every podcast too. Not that we're ending the podcast, but you get what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, brother, you gotta, you gotta be the leader you are. You can't worry about what I'm doing or not doing because he ain't dread as it turns out. Does that make sense? If I say it that way? Yeah. He, he's not dread. He's just, he's Dave Redding who all he did was stand in the place he was supposed to stand in and answer the call that came to him. Now it happened to result in this, but it does not matter. And that's one of the things I think guys get confused about too. Uh, and you know, I serve in this position as president of F3. It was wonderful. I'm grateful. You know, we've got uh, a, a two-time former Nantan, a current Nantan, you know, sitting here and, and it'd be real easy to just go, uh, well, but I mean, yeah, it's easy for them to say, you know, they're, they're whatever, they're leaders, they're this, they're that. And, but the thing is, we're not, I mean, we're, we're just the guys that happen. This is my responsibility to F3 nation, to other people, to my family, to whomever is absolutely not one iota more important than yours is out there in your sphere of influence. That's right. Not one micron. And it took me forever to get to a point where I really felt that or even vaguely understood that. And I think I'm still working on it, but my responsibilities that I have are mine just because I'm me, you know, right. But I'm no import more important to F3 nation or to my family or to anyone else than, than you are in your sphere of influence. It has to be that way. And that's the beauty of a completely free and completely individualized uh, situation like we've got uh, here. Thoughts? 
Well, I was thinking when you were saying that it's, it, you really do just have to be the person you are. And, uh, over my life, um, I've experienced this and I kind of had an epiphany uh, about five years ago, but, um, I, I joined the army. My, my dad had been a career soldier and I'd always thought this was, you know, uh, an amazing thing. And I joined the army and it's like, yeah, I signed the papers and then they put the uniform on me and I was a soldier. There's no magic. And then it's cloth. This is just regular cloth. What the crap. And then I, you know, I, I thought about uh, being a husband growing up and, one day I, I stood up in a tuxedo and I said some vows and then I was a husband and there was no magic. And then I thought about being a father and like, I, it's not that easy because my wife did all the work, but all of a sudden I was a father, right? There's no magic. And it was the same way. And I think finally I learned the lesson uh, when I became an attorney and I took the oath uh, to be an attorney in the state of Tennessee. And uh, I worked so hard and it always seemed like there was this magic going to law, getting into law school, going to law school, passing the bar, all this stuff. It, it seemed like, but then I was like, then they said, Oh, well now you're an attorney in the state of Tennessee. You can practice wherever you want and appear in all the courts up to the Supreme court. And, and I was like, wait, you sure about that? I don't know that I'm ready here. I don't, I don't, I mean, I did a lot of stuff, but I don't know that I'm ready. And so that's what I think it's, you just live the life that's in front of you. And yeah, you can take different, paths and make different choices but uh, a, a lot of us have the choice every day to to be good at the place that we already are to be better at the place that we already are to accelerate um and so uh i do think it's interesting and i, I think a lot of people get caught up like well when i do this i'm gonna be better or i'm gonna decide to to do this. I'm going to change my life in this way or that way. When I, when I get this title or I, I get this position or I make this amount of money or I live in this neighborhood or drive this car, I'm going to do something different. Well, do it now. <laughs> make that difference in your own life now. And, um, and you're going to be better off for it. I, there's a, a quote or I'm sorry, do you have something you want to say? Uh, go ahead, man. And then I'll, I'll jump in after. Okay. I so say there's this, this quote that I, uh, just to go along with what, what you were saying there, Gus, uh, it says when people talk about traveling to the past, you know, like in movies and stuff, they worry about radically changing the present by doing something small, but barely anyone in the present really thinks that they can radically, radically change the future by doing something small. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. So go ahead, beauty. I, I apologize. I wasn't going to say this, but in light of that, uh, someone said to me once, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And uh, that holds a lot of power, especially when you're getting started, because God does great things out of small beginnings. And he's asking for people to be faithful with a little so that they can learn to be faithful with much. Uh, In light of what Gus was talking about, man, uh, right there with you, just learning to to be present. And I'm sure you guys have experienced this where you're in a conversation with someone or you're, you're spending time with a group of people and there is one person, maybe it's a number of them in the group where they are very present. They're not scattered at all. When they're talking with you, you feel like you're the only person in the room. They don't care what anybody else thinks. They're engaged in conversation with you and they want to learn more about who you are and they want to spur you on to greatness. And um, part of that comes, I think, just as I'm learning and growing, is learning to to take and be comfortable with who you are. And though, as you were talking, uh, something that came to mind was there's no win in comparison. And when I am uh, like seeing great leaders or, you know, being 33 years old and I, I, I look back at my twenties and there was so much of me sitting around and waiting for something to happen. And granted, I was still doing things, started company, did other stuff like life was happening, but I was waiting for the check boxes to be checked wanted to have a family, wanted to have kids. And there was this order and things don't always work out that way. And I think uh, what men are called to is to adapt and overcome. And so we don't wait for things to happen. We move forward and faithfully do what's right in front of us. And a lot of it uh, can come from fear where you're, 
you find yourself. I still remember when I was uh, in high school or early college, I was standing in my parents' kitchen. It was at night, the dim light was on and I was looking at the kitchen table and I had this revelation that I am afraid of what people think. Like I am afraid of what people think of me. And I say that in the way that it truly was shaping the way that I was performing. And for a lot of men, women, whoever, we come to the realization eventually, like I've been doing all of these things so that I can be thought of in this way. And when you release that and go, you know what? The fear of man is a snare, but to trust in the Lord is a strong tower is a proverb. Uh, But uh, if you live by the opinions of others, you're going to die by them as well. Right. And so if you just are walking in who you are, man, that's going to set other people free to walk in who they are. And that's how we're going to make a difference. That's how we're going to invigorate people. Yeah. I would, uh, a lot of what you guys have just said is, uh, you know, resonated with me too. I, I would say for long stretches of my life, longer than I would, uh, care to admit, I struggled, uh, with a, uh, sort of an ugly mix of lack of contentment, uh, a little bit of jealousy, uh, a little bit of jealousy, a lot of jealousy, uh, <laughs> dissatisfaction. Uh, so I got, uh, I got laid off. I was a, a full-time staff writer at a uh, national sports magazine called The Sporting News, which, you know, immodestly, it was a great job. They sent me all over the country to go to sporting events and interview famous athletes. I mean, I was every party. How can that be bad? Every party I went to, I had the coolest job. Uh, but I, I will say, I, I absolutely appreciated that and knew it. So I was living in that moment. No question about that. Uh, but wished I had a bigger, wished I had a nicer car, wished I had a bigger house, wished I made more money, all of that. And, uh, not in a healthy way, in an unhealthy way. Then I got laid off and the fear, uh, and I went, uh, I say, I went freelance. I got kicked. I had no choice but to become a freelance writer and was just absolutely terrified every day that I was going to fail, that I was, uh, not going to make enough money that, uh, these weren't realistic fears. I mean, we had enough money. First of all, like a fear of losing your house. I, I was afraid of losing my house when I didn't even own a house. We freaking rented. Uh, and looking back, I was actually, uh, I was actually doing pretty good. I was writing good stories, getting good assignments. I was still flying all over the country to do stories, but I was so afraid, so deathly afraid of failing all the time. I woke up one morning at about two o'clock in the morning and uh, a voice that I can only guess was the Holy spirit, because I don't know who else is going to be talking to me at three o'clock in the morning said, uh, if you don't relax, you're going to regret not only your career, but your whole life. And as, as if I didn't hear it clearly enough, it said it again. Mm. Uh, I'd like to say that I woke up a changed man. I didn't, but that was, Six years ago, I'm still telling the story, and I eventually did. I haven't changed completely. I still struggle with contentment. I still struggle with jealousy. I still covet things I don't have, even though I know from my travels that even if I had those things, I would just wish that I had other things. But I have tried very hard to live a life that I'm not going to regret. I wouldn't say I'm 100%. And I don't mean... I mean that in two ways. One, to do things like overnight hikes, because what the hell? Right. Damn right, I'm going to hike hike overnight. That sounds awesome, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, of adventure and experience, because those are things that interest me. Uh, and, you know, and also, you know, when Christians use the, the word regret, it's often related to sin. So obviously I would want to live as, you know, noble a life as I can. Obviously I'm going to fail at that, you know, completely. But I'm going to, I'm going to take big swings and, I, you know, there's a famous quote from Martin Luther. If you're going to sin, at least sin big, you know, that if you're going to go, if you're going to go for it, freaking go for it. And yeah. uh, I, I still am timid way more than I wish I would be. Uh, but that's been, you know, the struggle with contentment is a lifelong thing. I used to joke that uh, 
uh, this is going to sound blasphemous. I don't mean it that way that I would write a book that said, uh, it would be called for Christ's sake, relax. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Actually, I need, actually, I need to read that book, not write it. Oh, well, (laughs) maybe not Ralph. Maybe it is you who writes and we who need. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, we're, I think we've been blessed to, to be here today, man. And I really appreciate everybody sharing uh, the things that they shared. I think it's obvious that finding that thing and finding those things to which you are, whether it's your, your ultimate life problem or your, you know, any, anything like that, but just being willing to be the guy who's in the right place at the right time so that he can be used in some way to help other people. Um, I think in a lot of ways, that's what the third F is is really at kind of its core is about you're going to use different things like your faith um, or religion or whatever it might be that you believe is bigger than you you're going to use that as the framework to help you guide and navigate that to a large degree uh, and I think that that ultimately what ends up happening is is that you 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 find and you kind of settle into oh oh that's where I was supposed to be Oh, that's what I was supposed to be doing. And, and, uh, and I think that's a lot of what the third F is about. So, uh, gentlemen, again, thank you very, very much. Uh, can't thank you enough for being here. Um, and to, uh, I'll stop saying this at some point, uh, but to kind of throw back to the old 43 feet days, uh, would you guys do me a favor today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Will you be the leader? Yar. Hi. 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 <laughs> You mean, mean pride. Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there, 43 feet at a time.